is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And here tonight with you, it's Ian. And Julia. All right, so once again, 855-450-FREE. Now, uh, 855-450-FREE can bring up anything. Of course, we've got stuff we bring to the table here tonight. And one of those stories is, well... It's, it's a little disturbing. This is from uh, Newser, Newser.com. The police don't need a warrant to search a suspect's cell phone for its phone number in order to obtain a history of calls, says a federal appeals court. The three-judge panel ruling on the case an Indiana man convicted of drug charges on the basis of call records likened cell phones to diaries, CBS reports. It's not even clear that we need a rule of law specific to cell phones or other computers, they wrote. If police are entitled to open a pocket diary to copy the owner's address, they should be able they should be entitled to turn on a cell phone to learn its number. Searching a phone for its number in order to obtain its call history has only a modest cost in privacy invasion, they wrote. But as police would be barred from reading letters found between the pages of an address book, they would need a warrant to read texts found in the phone's memory. Uh-huh. So the decor- They would need a warrant, but would they get a warrant? Right. They would look at the texts, and they would see something about a marijuana deal going down, mm-hmm. and then they would mysteriously find out from an anonymous tip. And get whatever they needed to right. get Right. The they don't warrant. need a warrant to do that. Right. So... So basically, you know, we've seen stories where people have been forced at uh, the threat of, uh, you know, contempt of court charges, for instance, to reveal passwords for laptops and other electronic devices that uh, an individual perhaps may have. Uh, let's see. The last story was a lady was was told she must reveal the password to her encrypted files on her computer. And the last I heard about that story was she was refusing based on that she claimed she couldn't remember the password, which, as nice. far as I'm concerned, is a good thing to say. Uh, but I don't, you know, I'm no legal expert. I'm not a lawyer. So I don't know whatever happened to that case, whether or not if she told them, well, I don't remember it, are they going to put her in a jail cell until she remembers it? That's one of the concerns I have. You know, that's actually, it's not unreasonable because generally when you set something up like that, it's a. I mean, this could be years down the down the road. The other day, I was trying to remember what my network password is because I set it up a while ago mm-hmm. and I don't use it. And you, you know, these sites now they make you change your password all the time. So it's not like where I used to have the same password for everything. Now I've got twenty different passwords. Makes so it, it's not unreasonable to assume that somebody could forget a password like that. Absolutely. According to uh, the judges here, lurking behind this issue is the question of whether and when a laptop or desktop, tablet, computer, or other type of computer, whether it's called a computer or not, can be searched without a warrant, they noted. And I guess they've decided that uh, that it's partially searchable. So, so the cops, according to this particular court, uh, can poke around through your phone, but only so far as to find your phone number. So does that mean that, you know... Uh, if you're looking at the text messages, is there a way to find a phone number from that? Some, I would imagine, yes. Some, not. For instance, Google Voice, I have that. If I go into the settings on my Google Voice, I can find my phone number there. I, I actually don't even know my phone number uh, for, my, for my cell phone. It's, it's a new number. So I'd, I have to go into my text messaging program to find my cell phone number. 
I don't know what the best way is otherwise. There may be some other setting on my phone. I presume that there is if I were to go into like the settings yeah. and the about and the whatever. But uh, so, you know, there's no there's no specification here as to how the police must attain this phone number. It's just the cops, you know, the judges saying, well, you can get this information from it like a diary. But in these other ways, it's not like a diary. And it's just it's like just they arbitrary. wouldn't be tempted to. Right. Do something else with it. They would just turn it on and be like, well, I can't look at these other things, so I'll just make sure to do the right thing here and return the phone to its owner. Which I'd actually like to point out that if I find a cell phone, I I would call them, right? I wouldn't call them because usually the number is not in there, but maybe there's a home or there's a mom or something like that. And I've found cell phones before and, Mm -hmm. you know, called home and said, hey, you left your cell phone here. I have it, whatever. But I can't hurt somebody with any information I might see on the phone. I don't. I don't really have that power. Oh, and you that's could get what's like a little a scary. S- a sexting photo off of it or something, but that's not gonna. No, you know, and I have and, no desire to look through anybody's phone. So, right. so okay, I did get an update here from uh, SciFace, who sent me the link to the story. I mentioned the the lady that was being told she had to reveal the password, well, and she said what she'd forgotten it. So what happened there? According to ArsTechnica.com, Colorado federal authorities have decrypted a laptop seized from a bank fraud defendant, mooting a judge's order that the defendant unlock the hard drive so the government could use its contents as evidence against her. The development ends a contentious legal showdown over whether forcing a defendant to decrypt a laptop is a breach of the Fifth Amendment right against compelled self-incrimination. The cops seized the encrypted Toshiba laptop from the defendant in 2010 with valid court warrants while investigating alleged mortgage fraud and demanded she decrypt it. Colorado judge ordered the woman to decrypt the laptop by the end of February, and the judge refused to stay his decision to allow the person time to appeal. They must have used or found a successful one of the passwords or found a, found successful one of the passwords the co-defendant provided them according to the person's attorney he said the authorities delivered to him Wednesday a copy of the information they discovered on the drive and it has not yet uh, been examined the development comes a week after the appeals court ruled in a separate case that forcing a criminal suspect to decrypt hard drives so their contents can be used by prosecutors is a breach of the 5th amendment right against compelled self-incrimination so saying here that they can't do that, which is interesting, and I'm glad to hear it if uh, if that's actually the case, that they can't force you to reveal a password. Although there are situations in which uh, certain software is designed to help you deal with this, uh, the TrueCrypt software has a method that allows you to kind of create a, a hidden volume within a hidden volume, that's basically. That's cool. So if, you are, if, if the cops find your encrypted file... And they say, you need to decrypt this. They've got a gun to your head. You can give them a password that will reveal files in there, but it will not reveal the files you don't want to be revealed. I wonder if that would be considered a stash pocket in uh, Ohio. Yeah, in digital terms. What was it? A a stash compartment? Yeah, where they're going to outlaw or they're thinking about outlawing any kind of hidden compartments in your car. Yes. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, the nation's first appellate court to issue such a finding is the uh, the one that we were talking about a moment ago. The Supreme Court has never dealt directly with the issue of searching people's computers and decrypting files or forcing them to decrypt files. The decision is by the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals that an 
Encrypted hard drive is akin to a combination on a safe and is off-limits because compelling the unlocking of either of them is the equivalent of forcing testimony. Judge Blackburn, however, was not legally bound to follow that precedent because he sits in the circuit covered by the 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which had refused to review his decision. The woman and her ex-husband co-defendant are accused of being of filing fraudulent documents to obtain home titles and selling the houses without paying the mortgage. So uh, Dubois believes that her co-defendant was the one who supplied the password to the police. Which just goes to show you, if you want something kept secret, you can't tell anyone about it. Whether it's the password on your hard drive or the fact that you're going marijuana or whatever it is that you're doing that people shouldn't know about, uh, you shouldn't spread it. You shouldn't have a partner with that uh, with that password if you can at all avoid it, because one of you might be pressured to reveal or snitch on the other, and that would not be good for you. So keep that in mind nope. for the future. But good to hear that you know it is apparently still being respected by at least one judge in one circuit court. But I guess they don't have to respect each other's circuits. So ultimately, it only covers that one, whatever that circuit is, the eleventh circuit. So 855-450-FREE is uh, the phone number here tonight. You can, of course, bring up absolutely anything that might happen to be on your mind. And still on the way uh, this evening, we've got the latest on, well, prostitution. But is it prostitution? Because what it's being called now is being a sugar baby, which sounds a little weird, doesn't it? We'll get yeah, to- those are gross candies. I like sugar babies, Ugh. actually. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. What is a sugar baby? We'll explain here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Live, the toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. You may take control of the airwaves and bring up anything that you like, 855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We have live streams. You can tune in via broadband, midband, or narrowband streams. Different size streams for different internet connections, whatever one works best for you. All free over at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, learn about our great radio stations that air the show throughout the week, various different times over at listen.freetalklive.com. Our satellite listening options are there as well, including sat- uh, XM Satellite Radio and our KU Band free-to-air channel, the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. All of it over at Listen. FreeTalkLive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. If you need collections done and you want it done with respect so you can keep your customers down the line, you need to talk to SACL. You can see their banner right at the top of our web uh, our website over at FreeTalkLive.com. It's the very first banner at the top right. Again, SACL CAI, longtime uh, super sponsor of this radio program. 
So, uh, still to come here tonight, Julia, you're going to tell us about the TSA forcing people, uh, forcing one lady at least, to prove that her breast pump is real. But first, in other news, uh, we've got a, a story that's unusual. It's about sugar babies, a term I had never heard before hearing this story. And I'd heard about a sugar daddy. You know what a sugar daddy is, right? Yes. Uh, besides the candy, which uh, I think a lot of people know that, but we're talking about the term where sugar daddy would be, you know, a male who takes care of a of a of a of a lady of, of a woman, right? Just like financially supports her, uh, basically, and it makes life easy for her. Would you say that's the definition? Yes. I always kind of thought that there may be uh, like sexual. There's sort of a sexual side to the agreement. Maybe an unspoken sexual side yeah, to it. I, I mean, it's not like a like a prostitute situation, but I feel like it's it's a relationship well, where the woman provides something and the man gets there provides the finances. Basically, so the question is, when does it become prostitution? When does an agreement like that? become prostitution because prostitution is exchanging sex for money right i mean isn't that the definition of prostitution yes so at what point does being a sugar daddy for a lady become prostitution is it when there is an actual explicit agreement or is it is it not really prostitution because there's a relationship then again with a prostitute you have a relationship albeit for a short period of time or some men who have call girls that they visit in different like if they're traveling to a different city or they're you know maybe they're just in town and cheating on their wife or something you know that could be considered a relationship too i mean at what point does it at what point is a business at what point is a business agreement for sex a relationship but I feel like with a sugar daddy, it's not necessarily a business agreement, or at least not a formal one. I think it's typically in a relationship, right? Like you find a rich old man, like let's say I could find a rich old man who could take care of me be so that I don't have to work anymore. Like that's a sugar daddy, right? Right. But there's some, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's, I think it's a tough line to draw, right? Prostitution is essentially a legal term uh, these days. I mean, there are people that are arrested for this, and I think it should be completely legal. I think people should be able to negotiate whatever terms they want for whatever sexual uh, or friendly services that they want to. I think that it's very important to point out when you're talking about prostitution being legal that you are not talking about in its in the current sense with the streetwalkers that's not okay. That's when women get abused. Like what we're That's talking true. about. Well, because a lot of times when people hear prostitution, they only think of one thing. And what they think of is the streets of Baltimore with Johns who and prostitutes who are drug addicts. And they're just prostitutes because they don't know any other lifestyle and they can't get away. And they're really right. abused. And, and I don't in any way, and I think you probably don't either, support that. No, and I don't think that would really even exist in a, in a legal prostitution market. But when you say prostitute, people who haven't given there's the thought image, of true. right, who haven't given the thought of legalized prostitution, right, there's an that's what a, they assume of a so toothless just, crack whore uh, on the streets, right, right being be- beaten by her pr- uh, her pimp. Uh, but no, I think that in a, a legal prostitution world, you'll see basically what you have out in uh, Vegas, or not, excuse me, not Vegas, it's illegal in Vegas, but the areas surrounding Vegas, the rest of Nevada, where uh, you've got the Bunny Ranch, for instance, uh, yep. people can go there and have a selection of various different uh, classier women, shall we say. 
Um, and actually, a lot of those girls support Ron Paul for president, from uh, from what I understand. So as an aside, uh, let's go and, and, and get into the details. What What is a sugar daddy? Well, at least according to this piece over at CBS Local, people who are looking for the perfect match, both men and women, go online seeking a certain kind of arrangement. A sugar baby is typically younger and eager for adventure. A sugar daddy is usually an older, financially established provider. A website called SeekingArrangement.com helps the two meet. CBS 4's Jorge Estevez found a 22-year-old who's looking for her first sugar daddy. She's a Miami student looking for someone to help her pay for her higher education and all the related expenses. Which, by the way, is a reason why a lot of younger women uh, go into stripping. There's a lot of money involved. And that's a reason why a lot of younger women go into being a call girl or an escort or a prostitute. Because it's a good way to pay for college. I mean, if you've got it, why not use it? If you can do it safely... Why not? Uh, I, I guess that's you know what a lot of people think here. So again, I'm curious to what really is the difference between this and prostitution. So he found this 22 year old, a self proclaimed cute blonde who is looking for fun in Fort Lauderdale, admits to being a college student looking for help, and another pretty young Miami college girl who doesn't want to be identified as more direct, asking specifically for ten to twenty thousand dollars per month. Can you imagine that? Wow. I mean, that's a pretty big amount of money to ask for, <laughs> 10, 10 to 20 grand. That's That wow. doesn't sound like college. That sounds like a drug addiction. It sounds like some kind of addiction. Maybe she's buying a bunch of purses with that money. I don't know. But the lesson here is ask and you shall receive, she told Estevez. What have they given you? Uh, was uh, was asked of her. She says they have given me cars, trips, jewelry. These guys will take you out and they will court you, she responded. What do these guys do for you, she was asked. They support you financially, she replied. Support is providing or proving to be crucial for a 20-year-old sugar baby who is in college at Florida International University. According to the story here, which just reloaded on me, uh, have, they, have they paid your tuition, asked Estevez? Yes, Jorge. Books? Books, everything, she responded. When I say everything, I mean everything. In fact, her profile asks for someone to help a youngin' out. And she's not alone. Numbers compiled by the Seeking Arrangements website showed that in the past six months, FIU ranked 20th in a list of the top universities with sugar baby signups. Florida ranked third in the U.S. behind New York and California with 67,815 total users of all ages. There are just over one million and growing today. Our FIU student argued that it's a way to survive the times. She says, I don't get support from my parents. As soon as I turned 18, they told me I'm on my own. I have to figure everything out on my own. And you discovered this and you thought, my dreams can come true, she says. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Is this prostitution? What do you think? 855-450-FREE. You can share your thoughts with us on this matter or anything that you want. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com.
Free Talk Live. Bring up anything toll-free at 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You may take control of the airwaves. That is the point of this program. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. You're free to call in, talk about whatever you want. 855-453. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And that music is just rocking. I guess so. All right, so uh, you can uh, take control here, and Tim Cummins has a way of getting inside your head and making you feel great. It's a podcast you'll really enjoy, Verbal Surgery. And I have to say that uh, you know, Tim Cummins is a pretty sharp dude. I think you're going to enjoy his podcast over at VerbalSurgery.com. You'll be happy that you did. It's a good, uh, good podcast to help you you know, uh, lift yourself up, shall we say. VerbalSurgery.com. All right, 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number here. We can uh, continue with your thoughts and specifically wondering what you think about being a so-called sugar baby for a sugar daddy. Apparently, there's at least one website that is allowing these folks to meet. And in some cases, uh, essentially the girls, uh, if you go to this website, it is, let's see, seekingarrangement.com. You go to this website and, you know, it'll show you who the girls are on the site. It's, there's a sugar ba- babies and sugar daddy sections. And the girls will say what they want. Uh, I want ten grand a month. In this case, this one girl's asking for ten to $20,000 per month. And in return, you know, she's expected to provide services. Now, is it explicit? How explicit are there? You know, offerings of what services they'll do, what kind of agreements are being come to. I I don't know, you know, what all the details are between each individual here, but it sounds like, you know, both parties are consenting, obviously. But my question is, is this prostitution? Well, it's really hard to answer, obviously, but I want to say no. I want to say that because they're not explicitly offering sex, what they're actually offering is a relationship and asking for money and return like when i think of prostitution i think of one hour three hundred dollars sex go off on your merry way well what does it take for it to be a relationship i mean if you've got let's say you're uh you know you're 60 year old man you meet a 20 year old uh woman on this and she comes over to have a relationship with you they said that they recorded, which means that they go out to dinner you, and stuff. You take, you take her out to dinner, but then, you know, you come back and there's more expected, right? Like for ten dollars to $20,000 a month, most of these guys probably aren't expecting to just take the young lady out to dinner. So, um, you know, is it not prostitution if you take an escort out to dinner before taking her back to the hotel room? I don't know. Because a lot of escort services, I think everyone knows, are fronts for prostitution. Again, I got no problem with this. If you want to be a prostitute or, or you know, hire the services of a prostitute or an escort or, or a dominatrix or whatever it is you're into, don't bother me none. It's your life. You can do whatever you want. But I'm still just asking you know, the question, how is this really different from an escort service, a very high-priced escort service? Or maybe a, a live-in escort service. I mean, I don't even know if they're required to live in. Here, just each each girl can come up with whatever terms that she wants, and the, the sugar daddies, so-called, uh, can come up with their terms. Glenn's on the line in Connecticut with some thoughts here. Glenn, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. Thank you, Ian um, and Julia. Uh, what I think is that it goes way beyond prostitution, because a prostitute is only selling their body for, uh, you know, however long. Uh, but... These girls are selling their souls, too. 
they're, they're getting themselves entangled. You know, they're offering their hearts and their bodies uh, for um, monetary exchange. So, well, I, I mean, are they really offering their hearts? I mean, do you think that they really – I suppose there's a chance that they could eventually fall in love with their sugar daddy, but it's certainly not – it doesn't seem like it's a relationship based on the right things out the gate. Yeah, they're offering – well, they're, they're offering their emotional uh, services and their, and their sexual services, and I think that's uh, prostitution plus. You know, I'm looking at this website, and I just wanted to point out, because I didn't realize this when you were describing it, that you can browse both the sugar babies and the sugar daddies, and there's uh, sugar daddies, sugar mamas, sugar babies, and male babies. Sugar mamas? (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. I'm going to get me a sugar mama. So, Glenn, any thoughts uh, that you want to share further on this? No, I've I've just uh, I've I've heard of girls who are looking for that kind of arrangement. And I think it it kind of goes beyond uh, prostitution, and uh, a lot of them I, I get the feeling they they think that uh, it's um, it's more acceptable somehow than prostitution. Whereas uh, I mean, it's, it to me it like, seems like it's even more uh, more you know more involved than prostitution. You're selling your body and your soul, uh, so. Interesting. That's, that's it. Glenn, thanks for the call and the thoughts on that. 855-450-FREE. They give their net worth here in their profile. Who? The sugar daddies? Yeah, I'm looking at a sugar mama right sugar now mama. who says that she's worth uh, between $100,000 and $250,000. That's her that's net not, worth. That's not a whole lot. No, it isn't. But her budget is only 1000 to $3,000 a month, so... I wonder how I just wonder like how many sugar mamas are uh, hooking up through this website versus sugar daddies. I think sugar daddies would definitely be more popular. Yeah, I would think so too. How about the male babies? That sounds kind of gross. Yeah, well, the whole term is kind of kind of weird. Yeah, but uh, sugar babies. But I, I guess they it technically are right. I mean, it's, essentially, we are talking about people who don't want to take care of themselves. I mean, we are talking about or people who want to take care of someone. That's well, that's neither here nor there. But as far as like the term "sugar baby" is concerned, I right. mean, these people are whether they're emotionally immature or not is another question. But they, uh, you know, maybe they grew up spoiled with with rich parents or whatever, and they don't want to have. They now they're eighteen; they don't get to stay at daddy's house anymore. So you know, find a replacement for him. Here's something interesting that I didn't really think of uh, when you were talking about the site earlier. So there's a sugar mama here who who advertises herself as a couple who seeks young friend for companionship. So like a couple basically who wants to have a polyamorous a relationship mm-hmm. or a threesome, ask, and this is the way they find it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they do this on Craigslist. Right. Men seeking men, women seeking... I guess it's just not as... Fancy. As, right. Right. You can see pictures, and they're probably charging for the website, I would imagine, too. Uh, so here's a little more information. One FIU student argued it's a way to survive the time. She says her dreams came true. Uh, and then in his, then his interview added, but with every give, there is a take. They give you trips. They pay for school. They give you presents. What do you give them? Asked the interviewer. Sex, said the FIU sugar baby. Just like that, asked Jorge. Just like that, she said. And you're okay with that? Jorge probed. I am okay with that, she replied. But Seeking Arrangement, which began in 2006, insists they are not an escort service and specifies the terms of the relationship are left up to the two consenting users, which is pretty much how an escort service right. works, right? It's not like they demand things. <laughs> Estevez spoke with the website's founder, Brandon Lee. I mean, because there are some escorts who claim that they're not prostitutes. 
Uh, yeah. th- there are some escorts who claim that they are just there to escort you on a date and that they are not interested in, you know, giving you sex. I believe that those, those escorts exist, but I think historically most people look at escort services as being places where you can find a woman who's be willing to sell sex. Right. In this case, Letitia wants to spoil someone. That's oh, all she the wants. Sugar mama? Is this the, yes. the hundred thousand dollars? Yes, sugar it's. Mama? Sh- they have like a name or they put like a message, and mm-hmm. she just says she wants to spoil you. Why is this not like prostitution? Since you mentioned it, asked Estevez of the founder of the website, Brandon Lee. He says we don't allow escorts or prostitutes to use the website. That's what I call a one or two hour arrangement. It's not what this is about, said Lee. In fact, the website monitors profiles. They claim they shut down as many as 20 a day for alluding to inappropriate behavior. I wonder what their liability is uh, for being a website that would offer, you know, in theory, would offer prostitution arrangements. Does that subject them to uh, some sort of pimping statutes? And, and if so, would you be able to run a website like that internationally? Could you, could you run something that was just like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and hook you up with a prostitute? Could you run a website like that just... Hosted over in Iceland or something? I'm sure they would come after you if you got big enough. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So he's saying it's not prostitution because those are only one or two hour arrangements. But not if you have a long-term prostitute that you call on multiple times. Isn't that creating a relationship at some, some level? It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com. Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll free number here, 855 That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 855 You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, you can be our sugar daddy or sugar mama for three bucks a month. Man, are we cheap! Of course, you're not going to get any sexual services for that. But what you will get is the peace of mind feeling good about helping Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around uh, the country and bring more Internet listeners on board so more people can be exposed to the ideas of freedom. So if that's worth three bucks a month to you, you'll get perks like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, the Amp Only forum, podcast, and more. You can get signed up, use any major credit card through PayPal, or you can use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up there, learn more about it. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And we're talking about this website, uh, seekingarrangement.com, which is making uh, national press because there's some controversy about it. Is this prostitution? It's basically uh, young ladies, and there's a section for males as well, so you can have the sugar babies that are male and that are female, uh, and also sugar daddies and sugar mamas or sugar mommies, as they term it here. And so the idea is that this is a website that's going to hook people up so they can have a relationship. The guy that uh, runs the website says it's not prostitution because it's not a one- or two-hour arrangement. Which is what I said. 
But I have to disagree because, and again, I don't care if you want to hire a prostitute. Doesn't my doesn't bother me one bit. I, it's the oldest profession in the world. It's not going away. It needs to be legalized, so we don't have to have all this these workarounds here. Uh, but according to you know the site's owner here, well, that's that's what I call a one or two hour arrangement. Terming uh, re- referring to escorts or prostitution, he says that's not what this is about. In fact, the website monitors profiles. They claim to shut down as many as 20 a day for alluding to inappropriate behavior to make sure that terms such as an hourly rate, in-call, out-call, and terms like that aren't used. We highlight them and catch them, he says. We put that question on the table uh, for our sugar baby. So I have to say that if you – like for instance, so there's different kinds of prostitutes. We talked earlier about – Julia, you mentioned the street-level prostitute is what people think of a lot – in a lot of cases when they think of the term prostitute. But actually, street-level prostitutes, from what I've read in the past, are only about 10% of the prostitution industry. So there's a lot of prostitution that, you know, a lot of prostitutes that don't show up on that radar. Like if the cops are doing a sting on prostitutes, they're just not going to catch 90% of them because 90% of them are in and out call girls, meaning they come to your home or you come to their place of business. So you've got uh, escort services, you've got just straight up prostitution services that you just kind of have to know somebody who knows somebody and you get a referral that uh, that way and like uh, massage parlors massage parlars, lingerie shops uh erotic massage or whatever they no do they call it they call it erotic massage there's some there's some term that is like a, a red flag like this is a prostitution front and i think it may be erotic massage i know somebody who went to one a, a massage parlor mm-hmm. as a customer mm-hmm. and and he got to pick out a girl, and he uh, actually no, it, it it was a massage parlor, but they I don't know how uh, how I can say this on the air I don't know how technical I could get, but basically they picked out a girl, mm-hmm. and they went in the back room, and did their thing, and he paid for it like you paid for it at a countertop. It was in Canada. I, well, I wonder if things things are different up there. I'm pretty sure that it's not legal, but it's. I think a lot of things are overlooked. Like, I mean, you and I went to Canada, and there was we went to a coffee bar where you could smoke marijuana, yeah, and you that's could true. buy. We bought hash oil milkshakes, and it was completely illegal. Yeah, and it was. Well, it's illegal, but no one really cares. Although they did, they did get end up getting busted. But I went to Toronto a few months ago, and there are several right. still open. So. That's good to know. Yeah. Which I thought that was a great experience. As it was very awesome. Uh, hopefully we'll see that someday here in, in the U.S. But ultimately, you know, when you're negotiating a rate for a service, in theory, that's prostitution. Like legally, if I offer X amount of dollars for X, you know, for Y service and you agree to it, then we've just engaged in prostitution. You don't actually have to get to the act because when they bust you for prostitution, it's after you've made the agreement. You don't even have to give over the money. So it's just simply talking about rate and coming to an agreement on what to do for what price. That's prostitution. And so these girls are are saying straight out they're going to provide sex for X amount of dollars per month. That doesn't seem fair because like if an undercover cop is going to bust a drug, they, the drug deal actually has to go down. They have to give you the crack and then you walk away. Typically, yes. So to me, that seems I mean, why is why is it so harsh? You just talk about having sex for money and it's illegal? I don't I don't know. I think it maybe it has something to do with the fact that the uh, undercover I guess undercover prostitutes don't want to actually go through the act. That's probably a factor. 
Yeah. You know, you've got a cop who's dressed up like a prostitute. She's on the street corner. She gets in the car with you. She negotiates a rate for a deal. Boom, you get busted. If they had to take it all the way, then that could really put those uh, those girls at risk of, you know, STDs and other dangerous things. So that might be the reasoning. Yeah, but it doesn't seem fair if busting people for prostitution and drugs is fair, which it isn't. But well, one thing you can be certain of is that the government is completely arbitrary in the way it does things. And and you if you want to talk about fairness, I mean these sorts of arrangements here between very very wealthy uh, men and young college age women, many of whom are claiming they're putting themselves through school, but are asking for five to twenty thousand dollars per month, in some cases. Uh, really just shows that if you're rich enough, you can avoid the law. Because if they're not, you know, if you're out on the street looking for a prostitute, you're not the most wealthy of guys. Because if you're wealthier, you're going through in-call and out-call services. You're going with a, a higher class uh, kind of a lady. Right. Who's more selective about her customers, who's probably not, you know, a crack addict. And therefore, you're, you're automatically safer just because of the market uh, in which you're shopping. And clearly, these uh, you know these these arrangements are designed for very wealthy people who they're getting away with prostitution here. And I'm not saying they shouldn't get away with it. I'm saying everybody should be able to get away with it. One eight five five four fifty free. It seems to me that in a lot of cases, police like to target poor people, and sure. I would they say don't know that. Their rights. Right. And these rich people have more money to spend on lawyers and things like that. So like you don't generally I mean, a a drug dealer is a different story. But like Hollywood, you can't tell me that there's not lots of drugs going on in those rich, fancy houses. Plenty of rich people do drugs. Nobody really cares about that. Right. That's kind Mm -hmm. of overlooked. And you hear stories all the time about uh, famous people getting caught with drugs and getting out of it. Slap on the hand. Right. So this website to me, I mean, the sugar daddies are wealthier i saw one of them had a you know they can list their budget and a lot of them say right. open negotiable. negotiable but this guy said he's willing to spend twenty thousand dollars a month or more wow on a girl so <sighs> like this these are people who have money and right I, I think that might be part of the reason why they don't bust them as much or have the desire to bust them well, in right, the same the, way the guy running the site says it's not prostitution because uh, he considers that only a one or, or two hour thing but you take twenty thousand dollars divvied up by uh you know, 30 days in a month, you've got 600 plus dollars per night. Uh, essentially, you're paying for a high level prostitute. You're going to pay five, seven thousand, two thousand dollars a night for, uh, you know, a very exclusive prostitute. Yeah, that's like not much less than I make in a year. <laughs> the 20 grand. Yeah. Maybe you're in the wrong business, Julia. Yes, I am. Uh, so this young lady, uh, or let's see, the, so the in a relationship that begins online, this is back to the CBS story here, a common practice nowadays where one person logs on hoping to find another who's also in search of that perfect match. They had to explain online dating for anyone that doesn't know about it. Uh, years from now, you're successful. What do you, what do you say? Man, I have, to, I have to tell you, CBS News has the worst copy editing across the nation. Here's what this article says. I'm going to just read it straight as it's written. Years from now, you are successful. What do you say to you about doing this? What What do you you say say? to you about doing this? Yeah, I don't know what that means. No, it doesn't mean anything. The woman explained, they have money. They want to help you. They see you struggling. They want to help you. Whether or not it's an arrangement, it's still a relationship, the woman said. A match found online between two consenting adults looking for their own special arrangement. 
So what is the ratio for these consenting adults? Where most dating sites have more men than women, at SeekingArrangement.com, it's the opposite. The ratio is 20 sugar babies to every one sugar daddy. So if you got the money, guys, you've got the pick of uh, you know, the, pick of the, litter. the pick of the litter. Seeking Arrangement is, uh, is now developing a mobile app, blah, blah, blah. So it's almost like a, a, a puff piece for this particular website. Uh, and you know, good for them if they're you know if they're helping people get hooked up who otherwise wouldn't be able to meet one another. So these spoiled uh, young people can continue their spoiled lifestyle. Then um, you know whatever. You can't fault them for it. No, I can't fault them for it. But you know, I, I think it's prostitution, and 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 that's okay. But what are your thoughts? Eight five five four fifty free. Especially if you're somebody who th- is listening to this conversation thinking, what? We can't have legal prostitution. That's wrong. Who believes that? Who believes that there's actually something wrong with people trading sex for money? Because ultimately, at some level, you can make the argument that's what everyone is doing. one 450 free That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is next. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. As we launch here into the second hour of the program tonight, it's Ian and Julia. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three eight five five four fifty free. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We will give you the features on the site. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. For those of you just tuning in, we talked in the last hour about sugar babies and sugar daddies and sugar sugar mamas. There's at least one website out there that helps bring them together. Uh, you post your ad if you're a sugar baby or a sugar daddy or mama, and uh, you include you know information about yourself, photos, and how much money you're willing to spend or how much money you're willing to receive for services that are pretty much centered around sex, at least according according to one of these uh, young ladies. And uh, you know, as I pointed out before, it, it's fine with me. I, I have no objection to these uh, these websites existing, and if this is how people want to arrange themselves. That's fine, too. I just wish everyone would be left alone who is engaging in prostitution. Of course, these people are claiming it's not prostitution because it's relationship. But I bet if we had a prostitute like a like an out-call girl or an in-call girl kind of prostitute uh, call in here who has regular clients, she'd tell you that at some level it's almost like a relationship because if you have the same client again and again and again, then 
there's some level of relationship building that inevitably has to go on there, right? I mean, well, not not like you love the person, but I don't think any of these girls necessarily love the person. I mean, when you you collect your five thousand dollar check up front for the first month, or ten thousand, or twenty in some cases, that's not love. That's just a business transaction. Well, it's kind of old fashioned if you think about it, because marriage, for example used to be very similar to this. Um, you mean like arranged marriages? or? Well, I mean, marriages weren't always like they are today. American marriages have kind of evolved, and, and they're, they're all about love today, right? But marriages used to be about having someone to take care of you. For As, as far as the woman is yeah. concerned? Yeah. Hmm. Marriages used to be business agreements, which is why a lot of uh, people had mistresses, because they had somebody who was a husband or wife, and they served a different purpose than somebody on the side. Your thoughts are welcome at 855-450-FREE. Uh, again, it could just be about prostitution in general, which you know is the oldest profession in the world. It's not going away. It doesn't matter what kind of enforcement that uh, the police do. And it almost seems like, have you ever seen these undercover videos where the cops are enforcing prostitution laws? Yes. It, it, it's almost like they're, they, it, they enjoy lecturing people. Because it seems like whenever they bust some John for going after the undercover, usually it's usually it's a, a reverse sting like the cop is the undercover agent or the cop is, is undercover as a prostitute and they pick up Johns and they get in the car and they cut a deal and then the cops pull the car over. Um, and uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But uh, with the, with prostitution today, a lot of it is on uh, on the streets and uh, or a portion of it is on the streets actually a small portion and most of it goes on you know in hotel rooms and it goes on uh you know alcohol services in call girls girls that you can contact uh you get their phone number from somebody or you get a referral from somebody who knows them and that's how you you know that's if you're going into a city to do business you've got a girl there in that city uh that sort of thing and these are girls that don't really get busted that often because it's a lot harder for the police to kind of uh penetrate if you will into that particular circle it's on the street it's easy to catch them you just go to the right place in town you know where all the prostitutes hang out and that's where you find them uh but uh the alcohol in call girls are a lot harder to track i don't really feel too terribly sorry for a street john getting arrested i mean i do agree that i do i mean usually there's desperate guys a john i don't think you know what a john is a john's like a a pimp no a john's a client a John is also a pimp. Never heard that one. Uh, Never. Well, it definitely is. Really? Yes. So, so you're. I, we're thinking of two totally different things. A John, I have heard, I have watched documentaries on street prostitution, huh. and I have always heard them referred to as Johns. The guys who abuse the girls. Well, yeah, and, I don't feel sorry for someone who's abusive, no. Okay, well, so that's what... You're talking about a customer abusing or a pimp abusing? No, a pimp is also called a John. Well, I bet if we look, I'll, I'll have to look. I'll have to look into that one. I don't have time to. I, to I'm just telling you. Like yeah. I watch a lot of documentaries, right. and and I, I believe. You. I mean, I've I've heard them referred to as Johns. So uh, definition number three: a person who uses the services of a prostitute. So there's two definitions of. Well, I don't feel bad for the pimp Johns. Gotcha. Uh, see, I thought you were saying that you felt bad when undercover no. pimps got arrested, and it's like street I, pimps treat their prostitutes pretty terribly. I imagine the pimps are fairly, uh, fairly safe as far as you know from arrest. Yeah, because they're not out there cutting the deals with the girls. It's uh, the cops go after the easy bait. You know, the cops are bullies, and so they're going to pick on the people that are the easiest to pick on, and that's the Johns well, and the girls. And prostitutes are not willing to turn in their their pimps. Well, hell no! If they get out of jail, he's probably going to kill them. Yes. And they also, 
uh, generally, in a lot of cases, pimps will go after young young girls, like 12-year-old, 13, 14, who, you know, runaways. maybe run away. Yep, yeah. runaways and stuff. So they feel like their pimp really loves them. They call him daddy, and yeah. they feel like he really is a daddy. So they don't want to turn on him. Yeah, I'm looking through here, Julia. I don't see it anywhere. You're going to have to find more evidence I will, that, on that I will me. show you this. Yeah, I want to I see where it is that a John is described as a pimp, is okay. defined as a pimp, because I've, I've never once heard that. 855-450-FREE. Tell us your experience. Are you a prostitute? Have you been a prostitute? Have you been an escort? Have you used the services of a, a prostitute or an escort? One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. But we have got other things to explain to you tonight, and still to come. Actually, uh, Julia, we totally blew it uh, earlier tonight. We both were talking about how we were going to talk about the breast pump story, but I guess they did that last right. night. So the, the, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing here in this well, case, because neither of us are on the Sunday show. That, the thing is, I'm used to... The Sunday show is fairly new in its current form, where it's actually a radio show. Mm-hmm. So the way it used to be is Free Talk Live was six nights a week. You did every night. So I would, you know, I tell you what I want to talk about, and you would say, oh, we read that on Thursday. Oh, we read that on Friday. Yeah, so sure. I didn't even think to look at the site. And then I looked at it, so, and I saw it at the top. So, so I apologize. So if you want to hear about the breast pump, just go to last night's episode over at freetalklive.com grab the sunday show and stephanie and mark uh, address that and i imagine i can't imagine stephanie and mark would have said too much different no. on that particular issue there are a number of issues where we'll disagree with uh, just between you and i or between us and them uh, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll skip that one and instead coming up julia you're going to tell us about a runner in new york city who was harassed by the police but first an update on the girls from femin who i think are just incredibly heroic and very beautiful. Uh, Ukrainian, uh, Ukraine, Ukrainian women that we talked about previously have uh, been arrested a number of times for doing topless protests in, the, uh, in Ukraine. And they've done it again. Now there's a, the news today over out of uh, Russia is that Putin has been reelected. And apparently while during the election – these girls staged a protest after this, is according to RT.com, after the Ukrainian activist group Femin disrupted voting at the Moscow polling station where Vladimir Putin cast his ballot on Sunday. Russia's Federal Migration Service is considering declaring them persona non grata. Three Ukrainian women posing as reporters entered the polling station, approached the ballot boxes, then abruptly stripped to the waist. The topless activists, their chests emblazoned with anti-Putin messages, chanted obscene slogans and lunged at the ballot box just 20 minutes after the premier left the building. So they actually went to the place where Putin cast his own vote and then proceeded to attempt to steal the ballot ballot machines from the premises. They, uh, the feminine members then made an apparent attempt to steal the electronic box in which the presidential frontrunner had just cast his ballot, disconnecting it. The local election committee later took the decision to replace the device. Activists had the slogan, I steal for Putin, scrawled on their torsos, an apparent satire on the slogan, tear to shreds for Putin, used by pro-government movements, which have sought to exploit the sexuality of their female activists to whip up support for the Russian leader. Uh, Of course, I can't stand it when politicians are called leaders. But all that said, the Moscow court sentenced the women to administrative detention with the offenders getting terms of 5, 10, and 12 days behind bars, which seems pretty light for uh, the Russian Russian police. These guys are pretty intimidating-looking dudes, and these ladies have some real – you know, they've got some real courage in order to do the kinds of things they're doing, like with the Russian cops, who are not known for being the most – shall we say light-handed – when it comes to how they arrest people? Seriously ballsy move, uh, move on these girls' parts. If the Federal Migration Service decides the presence of feminine activists in Russia is undesirable, the Ukrainians will be expelled and might be barred from entering the country 
in the future. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything that you want. I watched this commercial, by the way, for this pro-government, the pro-government commercial that's uh, exploiting women. It's pretty, it's pretty pathetic. Uh, more coming up here. 855-450-FREE. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week. Discreet packaging and shipping and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. I have no idea what they're saying. What are you watching? It's these girls from Femin. They're They're being taken away. Well, that's what they said in the article here is that uh, they were obscene, obscene slogans. But they're saying it in uh, in Russian, apparently, or Ukrainian. So uh, we have no idea what they're putting. We have no idea what we just put on the air. Uh, But this is what they were yelling while they're going in to steal the ballot boxes from the voting location where Vladimir Putin cast his uh, his ballot. Of course, they're as in, in true feminine style, uh, stripping off their tops while they're doing it. There are uh, messages that are have been scrawled on their torso. And again, I have no idea what uh, what it is they're saying. But these ladies are some of the bravest activists I've ever seen, at least in my lifetime. Obviously, there's a lot of brave activism that's uh, that's happened over the years. Uh, but to you know to be little and female and to uh, to go up against the russian cops i mean these guys are hulking behemoths in comparison to these ladies and they're manhandling them and grabbing them and you know just not treating them very nicely in these uh, in these cases um but what was interesting was that they link over to another news story here at rt.com where they're talking about the the russian girls in this particular uh, in femin the protest group are kind of uh making fun of this other campaign, the Tear to Shreds for Putin campaign, which is basically a pro-government campaign. Here's a story from RT. The Putin army is a new women's society that unites beautiful and self-confident young girls who believe that Putin is a trustworthy and honest politician, as well as a magnificent man, the group's official webpage says. Dubs Putin, dubbed Putin's Amazons by the press, the prime minister's young fans claim that their aim is the politician's return to the presidency. In order to help him, the group is ready to employ all possible means, erotic rather than political, it seems. In the address published at their webpage, the activists are encouraged are encouraging young girls to join their ranges and promises the novices fame and popularity. First, candidates are invited to take part in the competition called I'll Tear Anyone Apart for Putin. The participants have to shoot a video showing how they are tearing anything apart for the prime minister. Uh, the winner has promised a new iPad, too. The sample video, which has already gained more than 100,000 views on YouTube, portrays a girl tearing apart her T-shirt. 
So as you can see, they're using the sexuality of these women to pander for this particular politician. I mean, it's the most obvious in-your-face, let's... You know, let's use sex to sell a politician thing that I've ever seen. Yeah, they don't really really do that in that way in the United States at all. No, not at all. Politicians here are just old, boring-looking men. This is really, uh, you know, kind of a desperate attempt on Putin's part. And of course, he he did end up winning the election, and there's all kinds of allegations of voter fraud and and all that sort of uh, stuff there, but. Uh, according to, let's see, a story here, it's not the first sexy demonstration in Putin's support. Back in October of 2010, students from Moscow State University posed for an erotic calendar, especially for Vladimir Putin's birthday. Each model is pictured with speech bubbles saying things like, how about a third time? Referring to rumors he could run for the presidency again, or simply, we love you. Now, we've seen just despicable politician worship from people in this country. There's no shortage of that. There's no shortage of people who, you know, during the Obama campaign believed that this guy was going to be somehow different. Obama uh, from, girl. Right, from George Bush or, or or John McCain or whoever, right? Obama girl and all these other, you know, young people supporting a political candidate, but never so, you know, blatantly sexually as yeah. they were doing here. Uh, in this. Uh, so Femin was sort of taking that on uh, with uh, with this campaign to... You know, they're, what they're doing with being topless isn't you know necessarily appealing to uh, you know they're not trying to be sexual. I guess is what I'm saying. They're just topless, and they're doing that because it gets them attention. Because for whatever reason, people just haven't seen enough pairs of tits in <laughs> you know in their adult lives, and they and, don't have the internet. Right. Yeah. There's plenty of uh, plenty of plenty of naked ladies out there uh, that that you can look at, but still, you know, doing something topless gets attention, and k- kudos to them for. Uh, for being able to to pull that off, so to speak, eight five five four fifty free, and I'm glad they only have to spend a few days in jail because it would be horrible to see someone go to jail for a, a long time for doing a, a protest like that. Let's go to Carson, listening in Philadelphia. Carson, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. Carson, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind, Carson? Well, uh, you you had mentioned that you wanted somebody to call in and offer some insight um, into escort services and what the business is like. And uh, as a male escort myself, I thought I would be able to do that. Sure. Tell me about it. Well, what would you like to know? Oh, well, there's there's so much to talk about. Uh, first of all, let me get your opinion on this uh, this piece that we were talking about earlier as an escort uh the this website we were talking about before what was it seeking uh, arrangement arrangement seeking arrangement.com uh where they hook up so-called sugar babies with sugar mamas or sugar daddies and essentially the young person indicates how much money they want and then you know they get it and presume then they're also you know giving sex for that and supposedly a relationship as well the site claims that they're just relationships they're not escorts or they're not prostitutes and i say that if you are an escort and you're escorting the same client over time to some extent you're going to have to build a relationship with that person uh at some level i mean not not necessarily love but a relationship that can certainly happen um i will say from my personal experience that i i don't have regulars as often as you might think um I don't know why that is for some reason i i feel like uh other men generally prefer to keep it as anonymous as possible Mm -hmm. um although i have had a few instances instances where i did receive um you know multiple visits but um hold on one second i'm gonna put you on speaker so we're talking with an escort here that is uh, on the line to explain some of the insides of the the business that maybe most people don't talk about 
So how did how did you so so do you think this is prostitution? I mean, what's going on with this website where they're hooking up the sugar babies and sugar daddies? Um, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Well, do you, do you think it is prostitution on this website we're talking about, where they're hooking people up, uh, uh, the sugar babies with the sugar daddies, and and so on? Yes, it, it does certainly sound like uh, prostitution to me. Right. I mean, nothing, nothing um, like that. Not like well, there's anything wrong with it, but that's just that's just what it is. So, how did no, you get yeah, there's, started? There's nothing wrong with it. How, how did you get started? Um, well, I had a friend who was in the business. Um, down, she lives in uh, southern New Jersey. And uh, she performs dominatrix services. She's not, she's not a prostitute in the sense that um, she actually has um, sex with anybody. But right. she and just, uh, you know, she'll walk around the house and, uh, you know, ash her cigarette in the guy's mouth or whatever. <laughs> or she, she, <laughs> she told me that she has one guy that uh, likes to be tickled and uh, apparently that gets him off for some reason. Right, tie, tie him up, um, tickle him, uh, whips and chains, uh, you know, racks, etc. Actually, now being a dominatrix, we actually talked with Miss Ann from Indianapolis many years ago on Free Talk Live, and she gave us a lot of details about uh, being a dominatrix. It's, an, it's interesting because, as you pointed out, it's not actually selling sexual services. Uh, so, therefore, being a dominatrix, and as, as far as I understand it, is a completely legal profession. Is it? Um, it, while that may be the case, as far as I know, I, I think that it would fall into the category of a massage service, right? More or less. Um, well, since, if you can stick with us, I've got more questions for you, Carson. Hang on, uh, more with Carson in a moment here. Eight five five four fifty three, and maybe you've got a question for him. Uh, obviously, don't ask him what his number is. Eight five five four fifty three. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there uh, completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com. We have news updates. You can get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop via email, Twitter, or Facebook, whichever way works best for you. Over at news.freetalklive.com, keep you in the loop with the latest on Free Talk Live. Once again, that's news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service by which to abide. Anyone can download the free Bitcoin software pretty fast. It's easy. You just install it and you're good to go. And uh, within a few minutes, you're up and running. Uh, you don't have to fill out any forms. There's no Patriot Act requirements. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You do have to get your hands on some Bitcoins, though, and BitInstant.com can help you with that. You can get Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. Go to BitInstant.com to buy your Bitcoins with cash. And if you're new to the Bitcoin, you still aren't quite sure what all this is about, 
you can go and learn more over at weusecoins.org. There's a great video there and more information on what the Bitcoin is. Uh, weusecoins.org. Now, I wonder if uh, Bitcoins, which, again, has a potential to be anonymous. You have to go through a few extra steps to make sure that your, uh, your anonymity is protected. Uh, but it is possible to do anonymous transactions with Bitcoin. And I wonder, we've got Carson on the line in Philly who is a uh, self-professed escort, uh, someone who is a professional uh, individual who sells you know, sex for money, uh, basically. And I think that's, that's cool. I think that people should be able to do that. And in fact, I think that if we did have legal prostitution, that business would be a whole lot safer because there's a lot of dangers that the black market brings to that particular trade. Uh, but Carson, we were just, just barely beginning a conversation with you about how you got into the business. But I'm wondering, you know, do you feel like alternative currencies uh, are going to have a future in the, in the world of prostitution? Because we know that uh, we know that uh, Bitcoin is being used to buy purchase drugs online, for instance. So I wonder, uh, you know, what uh, ha- have you heard about anyone using these sorts of, uh, I guess, alternative currencies for um, prostitution services? Uh, first of all, can you hear me? I'm I'm going through the hall and tunnel right now in New York. Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay, all right. Um, I, I don't personally know of any instances where that would happen. Uh, I can say from speak for myself when I say that I would more than happily accept alternative currencies, preferably um, silver or gold. I don't personally use bitcoins. Um, I've looked into it. I just haven't taken that step yet, but that is definitely something that uh, I would be willing to consider in the future. Uh, One thing that I do know, are you still there? Yeah, right here. Okay. One thing that I do know is that obviously in in the business, it it occasionally happens that people would be willing to trade drugs for, uh, for sex. So, um, you know, if you want to look at that as a, an alternative form of currency, I think it's a perfectly valid one. Yeah, te- um, technically, so, I guess it would be. So let's let's go yeah. back to the beginning again here. You had just be- begun telling us w- about your story, that you had a, a lady who was a friend who was already in the sex sex business, and that's how you got in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, basically, she, she told me she was making a lot of money off of it, and she said it, it was really easy and uh, much, you know, much less sleazy than one might might have conceptions. I mean, you know, for example, um, if somebody's charged with prostitution, in the eyes of the public, they're out walking the streets trying to, you know, give some guy right. oral sex for $10, but it's not like that at all. It's actually um, a relatively classy industry, believe it or not. I mean, it, of course, it depends how you want to go about it. But, um, well, right. That's what I was know, saying before. I don't know how much of the earlier conversation you heard, but uh, I have heard that it's 90% of the prostitution industry is in-call and out-call, whereas only about 10% are the streetwalkers. Yeah, I, I don't personally know any streetwalkers, although uh, I, I can tell you that if you go to 12th and Spruce in Philly, you will find your fair share of them. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of common knowledge. It usually but, is. Um, what you say? I said it usually is common knowledge where the uh, the, the streetwalkers are in any given city. Those are actually uh, pretty much all, if you know, if not entirely transgendered uh, adult entertainment workers. Um, so they're especially noticeable at times. But um, so anyway, how, I guess. How old were uh, you, I'll by be, the way, when you got into this? I was twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, if you're interested, I'll just tell you a little bit about uh, what I do. Sure. Okay. Um, so it, it's really simple. Uh, you, I, The website that I use is Backpage.com, and uh, you just post an ad, and, uh, you know, you don't, you don't put nude photos or anything like that. But uh, 
you just basically say, I mean, different people have different styles. All I say is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a nice, caring, compassionate person. Um, I like to take baths, and uh, I'm here for massage services, and I leave it at that. So um, I, I post my phone number. I, I have an alternative uh, phone number that I use to work, mm-hmm. and, um, and basically I, I just get calls and texts throughout the day or night, uh, which I answer or don't answer at my discretion, depending whether or not I feel like working. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when, when a guy calls, he... He usually will tend to ask what I do and what I won't do, which is something that I won't discuss over the phone because it, it can be incriminating. Right. Um, and, yeah, um, I've, I've given him a, the directions to my house, a, a nearby location, and told him to call me when he gets there so that he doesn't have my address. Um, now, obviously, I always get confused. Is in-call where they come to you, or is that where you go to yeah. them? In-call is where they come to you. Out-call is where you go to them. So you're actually having them meet you at your home. Don't you feel like that's risky? Uh, yeah, it is risky. Uh, generally, I prefer to work out of a hotel room. Um, uh-huh. Unfortunately, I just had to relocate, so I haven't been able to do that just yet. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, from, from friends who have experience, uh, they never had any problems with it. And so far, I haven't either. Do you have? Uh, do you employ any security service, or do you handle all that yourself? Because we know that at least with uh, with streetwalkers, there's a higher, much higher risk of violence on the part of a John. Uh, you know, somebody who's looking to hurt a girl, for instance, or a guy might uh, you know find them on the street and then take them to a hotel room, perhaps rob them. Of course, we also know it happens in reverse too, where uh, the a pimp and a and a hooker might uh, rob their John with their their client uh, and kind of lay in yeah. wait for them at a hotel room as well. I mean, do you do you have concerns for that? Uh, yeah, obviously. Um, you know, there there are a number of factors, basically all due to the fact that prostitution is illegal. Right. Um, that, you know, the the possibilities for something unfortunate to happen to me are, are basically endless because of the fact that um, the, the government has chosen to, to restrict prostitution and its legality. Uh, I think the reason that they've done that is because, they're not getting a cut of the money. Yeah. Um, now, however, um, it's in Nevada, I believe, prostitution is legal. In most of Nevada, and, it is, yeah. And I looked into that, and, and the way to do it legally there is that you do have to work for a brothel. Uh, they charge very high rent rental fees, um, and it, the money is also taxed quite highly from what I gather. Mm. And uh, I, I heard, I don't remember the exact number, but I heard something like, uh, 70% of your income ends up going to the brothel and or taxes. Whoa. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I guess there are two sides to every point. And uh, for, in some instances, in some instances, it might be better that it is illegal because the black market tends to be kinder to entrepreneurs than than the regulated market. So, so let's, get back to the, let's get back to your process. So you post this uh, website, you posted this website, Backpage.com, and I'm there right now, and it looks like kind of a Craigslist-looking website. Is, is Backpage exactly preferable because they don't have the same kind of uh, let's shut down the prostitutes mentality as Craigslist does? Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with uh, that, that attitude that Craigslist might have. Um, Backpage just seems to be the one that was... Uh, most commonly recommended to me, and uh, I, I think there's a, a generally higher clientele base for Backpage for, for escort services than there is for Craigslist. 
Oh, there's actually so, there actually are uh, categories here. Um, escorts. There's an adult section. I I don't I haven't been to Craigslist in in quite a while, but I, I remember seeing news articles about how they're cracking down or they're removing those categories or something like that. They, they've been under a lot of pressure from law enforcement. Uh, Carson, can you stick with us for more uh, questions? Yes. However, my phone battery is about to die. Is it okay if I call from another number? Yeah, call right back. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number, 855-450-3733. And maybe you've got a question for Carson. Uh, I I, I imagine he's going to be willing to take your call if you want to make it. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there, and you can actually control the content of the site. If you find something that you think is interesting, you want to share it with other Free Talk Live listeners, you submit it as show prep, and then others will vote on it, whether they like or dislike the most liked, making it to the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. So head on over there, get interactive. And uh, we're back with Carson on the line here. Uh, he's listening in Philly and telling us uh, some of the details about what it's like to be an escort, or as some might say, a prostitute. Uh, Carson, do you have a particular do you, do you have a particular name that uh, that you refer to? What you do as? Do you call it prostitution, or is that like a bad word? No, no, I, I call it prostitution. Gotcha. So, and you've been doing this now for uh, since you were twenty one. So how long have you been in uh, into this uh, trade? Um, actually, not very long. I would say about three months. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah. so, so you're new to the business. Uh, you got brought in by a lady friend of yours who was already uh, doing this, and she kind of showed you the ropes with how to, how to get clients and that sort of thing? Yeah, and, uh, and how to act safely, um, you know, not to reveal any information over the phone, mm-hmm. uh, not to meet with clients who don't want to talk to you on the phone, who only contact you through emails or text. Um, it's important to be able to kind of feel them out, to right. be able to tell us if they might be a government agent. Um, Are there certain things that you ask in order to reveal such information, or is it just kind of like the feeling that you get with the person? It's more the feeling that you get with the person. Um, I feel as though I probably have an advantage in the industry in terms of uh, not getting caught, because I think that it would be a lot harder for uh, a male cop to pose as as a gay person trying to make a call like that. I bet so, you get I mean, point. unless it was actually uh, a gay cop, but um, you know, I, I feel like the not that there aren't gay cops, but I feel like the likelihood that there's a gay cop specifically assigned to bust gay prostitutes. I think you're probably uh, right it's, about it's that speculation, unlikely. especially given how homophobic many police officers probably are. They're not going to yeah. want to be in that role. I have a couple Although, questions. I hope I'm not giving them an idea, any ideas if they're listening. But. Right. Huh. 
Um, I have a couple questions. Just number one, I'm curious how open you are about your profession with, say, your parents and friends and family members. Is it something you keep quiet? Um, no, no, I'm selective about who I tell, obviously. Um, and, and that's for both safety reasons and, um, ostracism. For some reason, it is a very touchy subject for many people. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, many people are very quick to judge and, uh, mm. and to sort of penalize people right. who do what I do. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. So my second question is, um, have you ever you know, talk to a client on the phone and you feel comfortable and then you get there or they get to your house and you, you know, you don't like it and you've turned them away. They've made you uncomfortable. And I was just curious if you've come across that situation and how you would handle it. Uh, no, I haven't uh, had to turn anybody away. Although I did have one instance uh, with, with a certain client where um, he, he got a little physical with me, a little, a little aggressive and, um, you know, I immediately put a stop to it and said, you know, don't do that. And, you know, if you continue to, we're going to have a problem. Uh, but but I am armed at all times. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like um, I, I would have some control over that situation. So normally you head off the, the questionable ones before you meet them at the hotel room, is what you're saying. You, you do the phone interview and that's a that's a good filtering process. Yeah, definitely. Although, like I said, with, with uh, this guy, this particular guy in question, um, there's no way to know that, that he would have gotten as, as physically aggressive as he did right? Uh, just from a phone conversation. But um, thankfully, you know, like I said, I, I am armed and, and I'm very vocal about my feelings. And, and, you know, if I feel threatened or somehow taken advantage of or like I'm, I'm being coerced into doing something that I don't want to do. All right, so uh, so you you uh, get you you know put your ad on the website uh, backpage dot com and I, I'm looking here at the at the site and I see that there are photos. Uh, do you photograph yourself uh, to uh, increase the likelihood of a contact? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's important to do that. However, uh, I do have a system by which I operate with, with regards to that. Uh, I don't post any naked pictures or mm-hmm. semi naked pictures. And I don't post any pictures that I haven't already posted elsewhere publicly, for instance, uh, my Facebook profile, uh, things like that, so that if perhaps charges are brought against me, uh, there's, there's at least some hope that I could argue that the, the um, photos of me were stolen from another website. Now, are there, uh, now, as far as the clients that you're meeting, a lot of people will call themselves escorts instead of prostitutes publicly and and under the uh, you know on this particular website backpage.com escorts is what the uh, what the sections are called i don't i don't escort anybody anywhere yeah i was going to say <laughs> have you ever had a client say i really just want to take you out to dinner i mean has that ever has that ever happened <laughs> actually yes uh believe it or not now that wasn't all that they wanted to do clearly but um but it it was you know afterwards and um you know, they they proposed the idea. I wasn't interested, just because um, unless I'm getting paid two fifty an hour, which is the rate that I charge. Wow. Um, I'm I'm not really willing to to go out with somebody that that I'm not romantically interested in for you know a, a twenty dollar dinner. But because as I understand it, uh, some of the guys that goes to strip clubs, for instance, are very lonely, and they, you know, a lot of them just want someone to talk to, someone to uh, to listen to them, and they're willing to pay uh, women to to do that. 
you know, and then of course, obviously, there's there's, there's the sex uh, desires that they have as well. Do you find that that's the case at all, or is it just business uh, in out? Uh, the guy, you guys want to spend as little time with you as possible, and, and they're gone. Uh, well, the rates that I charge are very high. Um, I, I charge one fifty for a half hour mm-hmm. and two fifty for an hour. So um, I've, I haven't had anybody who is willing to shell out that kind of cash for interesting uh, conversation. However, um, you know, I, I look at it as I'm helping people, and um, and I don't feel bad about what I'm doing. You and and I I know that um, you know I'm, I make people happy. And especially, I mean, I don't know how other escorts do it, but um, I'm I'm very compassionate. I'm very warm. I'm very genuine. And you know, I understand that that people find themselves in situations that you know I I I came out of the closet when I was very very young, so I don't have to deal with um, the public eye in that sense. You know, I, I don't have to hide. My attractions to men. Do you, do you think uh, a lot of these married, men are closeted? Example. Do you think a lot of the, the, your clients are closeted still? Yeah, I know for a fact that a lot of them are. I, I usually ask them, and they tell me. Hmm. Um, and and that's a big reason. You know, a lot of the people that call me, it's not even that they're so undesirable or or socially awkward or anything that they they can't sleep with somebody for free. Um, it, it's more that they. They have circumstances in their life that prevent them from being able to do that on the radar. Married? Do you get a lot of married men? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, and some people may find that questionable on, on moral grounds, but, um, you know, it, it, it's not my decision to make. I agree. It's not your responsibility. If somebody wants to do that, and, and they could just as easily call someone else, so it may as well be me. Excellent. I, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I have one person. more question. I'm curious about the age range. Are, are they much the older clients? than you generally, or does it vary? It's kind of funny that, that you mentioned that. Sorry to cut you off. No, um, no good question. I, I was actually about to mention an instance where um, about two or three days ago, I received a call from someone who obviously sounded very young. And, uh, and I asked him how old he was, and he said he was 18. Hmm. And he told me that he had had some experiences with uh, other male friends of his, um, nothing, nothing too intimate, but, um, you know, some, some like mutual masturbation kind of thing. And, um, and he said that he enjoyed it and it was something, you know, basically he, he wanted to experiment with me mm-hmm. and, um, he was, you know, really nervous and just, he sounded like a really sweet, sensitive guy trying to figure himself out. And, um, you know, I've, I'm I'm more than happy to help him do that. Um, in fact, you know, I, when I mentioned my rate, I kind of felt a little guilty, and and that's something that you know I might even consider doing for very little money to no money at all. And um, just, just to break the him whole in, time, <laughs> show he, him the ropes. What'd you say? Just oh to, yeah, yeah. Just to break him in, show and him the, the ropes. whole time he kept expressing this this really sincere and abundant gratitude that. That I was so kind and that I was so nice and willing to listen and talk to him, which which I am with all of my well, clients. Well, I have to say you've been very kind to answer our questions. And yes, it's ex- super interesting. Yes, it is. And explain a, a world that a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people have trepidation regarding. They have anger uh, pent up. They, they just are very confused about this business. And it is a business that is not going to go away no matter how much police enforcement there is. And uh, Carson, thanks. Be safe out there. And... Uh, Call any time with any of your uh, prostitution stories. Always happy to hear about it. Thanks Thanks for the call, man. More coming up. Hour 3 is next. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program, and you can bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and we give you all the features on the site. If you like Free Talk Live, there are different ways to support the show. Uh, one of them is you can shop with us. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com, and that's where you will uh, find the links to Amazon there. You can go and click into those links, and then whenever you buy something through the Amazon link uh, that you'll see there, Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. So start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. Julia, you wanted to tell us about a a story out of New York City involving a runner uh, being uh, threatened with violence by the police. Correct. This is from New York Daily News. And outraged, outraged is in all capitals, so she must be really outraged. Uh, Brooklyn woman has vowed to fight a $50 summons for resting her injured leg on a seat in a nearly empty subway car. Kate Wilson, age 29, said she was nursing a strained calf muscle Hmm. and propped her right leg up on an empty seat while riding the D train in Borough Park at 1 a.m. on Sunday. Those things happen when you run. You know, sometimes you strain things. Well, even if you didn't strain things, I mean... Subways are dirty, so it's not like you're putting your feet on a nice, clean, classy seat. You know, right. they're dirty. Yeah, who cares if it's empty? You know, I bet if a subway was privately run, it'd probably be more clean. But... Yeah. Oh, they're gross. I hate yeah. subways. The car was sprinkled with about five passengers. She said when three cops told her to step off the train. Wow. At, which is very weird. At thirty six Street, thirty uh, six Street Station, just one stop before her home. There are empty seats all around the whole car. She said it was ridiculous. No, thank you, officer. I'm fine right here. Well, it sounds like, which I'm going to get into some of the quotes here in a second, but it sounds like she stands up for herself, Mm -hmm. which is rare. I think a lot of people are really intimidated by police officers. Especially three of them at once. Yes. There were empty seats all around the whole car, she said. It was ridiculous. It wasn't a conversation. I felt harassed. As one cop began to write her a summons for obstructing seating. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't. Does that even exist? Can you just write City. a summons for whatever you want? New York City. There was a story a while back where a guy got a ticket for sitting on a milk crate. <laughs> just outside, sitting on a milk crate. It was like improper use of a milk crate or, you know, sitting yeah. in an unauthorized location. They've got all kinds of crazy stuff there. Well, Wilson tried to reason with the officers and told them she ran four miles through Prospect Park the day before. I told them that I had run a race and my leg had been injured, she said. But no, they didn't care. She continued to protest until one of the officers told her that she should be grateful she wasn't getting cuffed. Wow. I asked them if they had bigger fish to fry, she recalled. The police officers said, yeah, but we're frying this one now. Wow. Incredible. I mean, who do you think you are? Like, picking on a little girl 
These are the this guy must have gotten beat up a lot in school, right? You know, I don't know what their individual stories are, but it's certainly a possibility. Sometimes, you know, the cops could be the people that were picked on, but they could also be the bullies just gone large. Wilson, who works as an administrative, oh, this is, oh, in the, I thought it said for the city. It says in the city, who works as an administrative assistant in the city, said she'd finally just bit her lip. It was a waste of resources. I can't help but believe that this is happening to other people, but nobody comes forward. She's right. The NYPD didn't respond to requests for comment, of they course. It's not that the cops are bad people, she said. It's just that they shouldn't be robots. Mm. The most recent NYPD statistics show the summons activity has declined in Transit District 34, which covers the area where Wilson was caught. Tickets for occupying more than one seat are down 23% from the same period last year. After getting the ticket, Wilson said it was too late to wait for another train, so she walked several blocks. Now that's Back home. They made her get off the train. Right. In the middle of the night in Brooklyn. I, I would love to know a little more about that. Like, were they on the train with her and asked her to get off the train? Or were they at the stop and, like, spotted her and then, you know, shouted to her to get off the train? I don't know, but... Like, I've been to Brooklyn, and there are definitely some not nice parts of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I certainly wouldn't want to have to walk many blocks. I mean, stra- she's from Brooklyn, location. so she's right. probably used to it. But they're, it's, she said it was one in the morning. So they're sure. making this girl walk home in the alone. dark alone right. with a hurt leg. In a strange neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, that just seems like so the opposite of what cops should be doing. Protect and serve. Right. Right. I walked away with a $50 ticket and didn't see a single cop along the streets to my home. Three cops on the platform and no cops on the street. Mm. Wilson is due in court on March 27th. She's going to fight it. Good for her. I know. I hope she wins. She probably won't. But eh, You usually don't win these things. But and, and another problem with fighting it sometimes can be that they'll impose court costs on you in some places. Thankfully, yeah. we don't have that here uh, in New Hampshire, at least in my observation. Uh, but... Man, it's that's terrible. And you know, a lot of these cops, when when asked, will express concern for women that are being raped uh, and and you know abused. But yet, there, I think you very point you know, pointedly observed that she's being put into a more dangerous situation because of what those cops did to her. Now, this is kind of funny because my favorite parts of these kind of articles are the comments, mm-hmm. and I just want to point out that the top comment says she deserves an extra ticket for being a whiner. Bring some wow. civility back to New York City and stop being such a slob. Hey, just do whatever you're told. Well, she says, don't put your stinky feet on seats. Okay, I get that there are certain places where your feet don't belong on seats, but the subway is not one of them. There's homeless people peeing all over the place. Or puking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, who's to say that your your butt's not stinky that you put on that seat? <laughs> like, if you <laughs> if you go to a fancy restaurant, yeah, keep your feet off the seats. Right. But if you're in the nasty, dirty subway, I mean, I'm sorry, but I do, you're just yeah. not going to get my sympathy just t- on just that. Just take a bath or a shower when you get home. You'll be right. all right. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably take a bath after you are like spend a night on the subway anyway, yeah. right? I mean, it's just dirty. It's terrible. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll hear more about that case, but I doubt it. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you've been harassed by the police in New York City. Or maybe they pulled some sort of shenanigans like they did in Tampa recently, where according to the Tampa Bay Times, a Pinellas sheriff's detective says that in an effort to seek out homegrown marijuana, he donned a Progress Energy uniform as a ruse and then entered a homeowner's property without a search warrant. 
The deputy's comments came in a formal interview with an attorney representing people charged with growing marijuana. When the Tampa Bay Times showed the interview transcript to the sheriff, he quickly disavowed the tactic, which I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised the sheriff is even speaking out against this. He says, I was appalled by it. I think it's wrong. It's not what we should have been doing at all. Well, if that's the case, does that mean the sheriff can go ahead and drop the charges? If the sheriff thinks that this is an appalling wrong tactic that one of his own agents used against someone to essentially go and use deception to make someone think that they're from the power company, let them into their home to look around for some sort of power. If you're growing marijuana, don't let the power guy in either. It's true. You don't want to let anybody in. Don't let anybody in. Don't Don't answer the door. Uh, Yeah. You definitely don't want to do that. But anyway. But that doesn't make it right. But right. People, you know, people want to help people. They don't. Just because you're growing pot doesn't mean you're a you know really brilliant criminal or anything like that. You may just want to grow some pot, and you don't necessarily think about these things. But yeah, it is a good idea to keep it under wraps as much as possible. Uh, he says he was appalled by it, and it should have been done. He says he didn't know of the incident until this week. He heard about it from the newspaper. The uh, sheriff, Gualteri, said that he instituted a new policy preventing deputies from using corporate uniforms without permission from their own supervisors and express written permission of that corporate entity. While wearing the uniform, Detective Paul Giovannoni found no evidence of marijuana and the resident of the home was not charged with any crime. But the revelation follows others about tactics the sheriff's office used while investigating grow houses and conducting surveillance on the Simply Hydroponics shop in Largo. The sheriff's office used a camera outside the store, which has since been removed, to gather information on customers. In one of the investigations, a deputy was suspended for five days for mishandling evidence. Now, you have to wonder if this is the tip of the iceberg. You know, we're finding out that one cop used a uniform to gain access to someone's home. Where where did he get that idea? Did he get it from another cop? Well, I don't know if you saw that in Indiana, they just ruled that police can enter your home, so they don't even have to get the uh, they don't even have to get the fancy uniforms anymore. That was a little ways back, wasn't it? Like- couple months ago, a few months mm, ago. I think it's pretty recent, but I could be wrong. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. We'll tell you more about what's going on with this uh, yet another corrupt police department. Of course, in my opinion, they all have corruption in them. 855-450-FREE. That's what happens when you give people power over other human beings. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you may take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features. They are free. You may enjoy them on us. In fact, you can enjoy stuff like the Shrine of Female listeners there, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the deceptive tactics of some of the police, in this case, Pinellas County, Florida, the Tampa Bay area, where one police officer has been found to have uh, donned the uniform of uh, an energy company. The uh, company is called Progress Energy, and he put this uh, uniform on uh, for the reason of trying to gain access to someone's property that he suspected of growing marijuana so he could scope out the situation. Which, this is one of the things that I find so despicable about the war on drugs, is 
police, which normally would, you know, in the absence of the war on drugs, hopefully be used more often to investigate real crimes like murder and rape and arson and other violent crimes right. involving destruction of lives and property. But no, now they're using de- deceptive tactics. They're pretending like they're someone that they're not. Uh, whether it be you know someone doing an undercover sting on a prostitute, as we discussed in the last hour, or in this case, you know, trying to fool a homeowner into letting them inside their home to to sniff around, or yeah. acting like they're cool and like you know hip, and and then busting people for selling them drugs. It's really sad because like this is what the war on drugs has done. It's pinned people against each other. I mean, I have a cop who's an uncle or an uncle who's a cop, mm-hmm. I guess. And um, we were having a private conversation because I posted something about police and, and he tried to, uh, to stick it to me and, and posted it on his wall and was kind of mocking about it and tagged me, right? So all I his see. cop friends could see. And okay, fine. You want to play that game? So I, you know, I commented and I was very vocal about how I felt about police officers. And I told him that if he really wanted respect, you know, maybe he should consider stop arresting people for drug offenses and he took it down i don't think he liked he took it down i don't think he liked where it was going at all because i wasn't in front of his friends right i wasn't afraid to say anything i mean you did this to embarrass me so i you know now i have to stand up for myself good for you so um anyway i called him out and uh he took it down and he messaged me and we kind of talked a little bit and i'm not very close with this uncle either Mm -hmm. and i get the feeling he probably thinks i'm a degenerate or something like that um, but he told me that he had some opinions about the war on drugs, but he didn't feel comfortable writing them on the internet because he's afraid uh, right. of the uh, what what would happen, yeah, from his fellow police officers. Right. So whether it, that means that they'll just make fun of him, or whether it means he'll lose it, you know, get demoted or or put on the overnight shift. There are ways to punish officers right. who step out of the thin but, blue line. I, I mean, I think what's sad, like I watch a lot of documentaries and stuff and uh, like these ex-cops, like the ones who basically turned good, you know, they always say that they really believed that they were doing the right thing in the beginning. In the beginning, they believed that drugs made people evil and Mm. that, you know what I mean? They're fighting a good cause and it's like a game to them, you know, sick. It is sick. sick. So back to the story here, according to Tampa Bay dot com. The resident or the individual in question here, Paul Giovannoni, who is the detective in question here, did not find any evidence of marijuana in the resident's home. They weren't charged with any crime. But the revelation follows others about other tactics of the sheriff's office, like uh, investigating a hydroponic shop and following around the customers. Attorney John Trevena, who conducted the interview of the detective, called a deposition, calling it indicative of problems with the narcotics unit at the sheriff's department that go beyond just this trespassing incident. It's apparent now that this is a rogue unit and that there needs to be an outside agency to investigate. A law professor who reviewed the deposition at the request of the time said that's obviously an illegal tactic to pretend that you work for Progress Energy to get on someone's property. Really? Is it illegal? Because it's not illegal for the police to lie to you. Right. When they pull you over, if you're with a friend... And they, uh, you know, want to question you. They separate you, and then they will tell you. Uh, they will tell you things. They will tell you lies. They will say, "Well, your friend just gave you up. He said you've got, you know, that's your pot in the car, or whatever." They'll, you know, they'll come up with something to try to get someone to uh, to to admit to something or blame another person. And they're fully within their so-called rights as a law enforcement officer well, to lie to you. How is this any different? I mean, obviously, the amount of trouble you get in is a lot different. But on principle, how is this any different from hiding in the dark? For looking for speeders, 
Because that's deceptive as well. It is deceptive. Sure. Well, I mean, their intention is just to get you in trouble. Right. According to this uh, piece here, generally law enforcement officers need a search warrant to enter someone's property without their permission. However, if you have their permission, you don't need a warrant. That's why cops do what they call knock and talks, where if they have a suspicion about someone's home or about you and they want to know more, they'll just go up on the they'll go to the front door and knock and talk to you. You don't, of course, as you suggested earlier, Julia, have any obligation to answer the door. You don't Which have to Which I strongly to suggest you never do. Whether you're growing marijuana or not, just, just because they'll find something to arrest you for. So, yeah, there's never any benefit that I've ever seen to anyone answering the door for the police unless, you know, you've got a missing child and you called them. That's the only, like, circumstance I can think of where you might want to actually talk to the cops. And even in that case, if you feel like you absolutely have to talk to them, don't let them into your house. Come outside, close the door behind you. They're not really that good at finding missing children. They are good at finding drugs. I don't know, Julia. I mean, I bet they found some missing kids before. But the incentive just isn't there. I think that's generally true. I mean, they don't have the same incentives. But there there was a time when my tenants, uh, their daughter had gone missing. I'm not saying that they, they never the do it. Right. I mean, I'd rather but have I, them doing that. I than would rather else. have them doing that as well. But I think they catch a lot more drugs than they do missing children. No doubt about it. That much is true. And and it's usually because people allow themselves to be caught in many ways. You know, They'll let the cops search the car. They'll let the cops come in. Or they'll open, swing a door open in the middle of a college party and there's a bong sitting on the, you know, the table or something like that. So, again, no reason to talk to these guys. But if, if you give them permission to come in your home, they don't need a warrant. You know, warrant is for when they don't have permission. So I, I just wonder, you know, is it really illegal? And if so, what's the crime? If it's illegal for the cops to dress up as a utilities worker to gain access to your home by using deception against you, what's the crime? Don't they call it entrapment? Is that even true? People always say that you can't catch a speeder in the dark because it's entrapment. If but, you cake to court, you'll but then lose. It would, but then it would be entrapment for the prostitution cases, right? Because every one of those is entrapment. You, you've got a prostitute who thinks you're a legitimate John or you're a John who thinks you're a legitimate prostitute. And uh, you try to cut a deal and then you end up with, with handcuffs on. So wouldn't that be considered entrapment? It's just one of those words I always hear thrown around. Right. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Chris in Alabama, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Julia. Hey, good topic tonight, folks. Thank you, sir. Good show. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm a former police officer. While in the academy, one thing that was drilled into our brains constantly was to use what I call these little nuisance violations. Um, Maybe your license plate light that illuminates the plate is out not wearing a seat belt. Use that to get into the person's car. I mean, it's like that's the number one goal. Get into the car, find the drugs, selectively use it. Mm-hmm. Somebody that may appear upright, you know, up, you know, an upstanding citizen, that is, leave alone. But if you see somebody, they're just kind of suspect, look for anything to get into their car. Yeah, they call it a and fishing then, expedition. Chris, if you want to hang on with us, we can bring you back. You can tell us more about your experience as a police officer here. And I'm I'm curious to find out, you know, is this illegal, what this cop did? Dressing up as a a utilities worker and then using deception to gain access to someone's home? 1-855-450-FREE. I bet you if it's illegal, they're not going to charge him. Free talk live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And here in the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And the website has a variety of features for you. You can enjoy them all. And uh, they include our bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. If you want to have a chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime, if you're sick and tired of the police oppressing people, if you're tired of uh, being taxed to death, if you're tired of having to jump through arbitrary governmental hoops, you're tired of funding the violence of the state, the killings around the world, you're tired of all of this and you want to just live free and have other people live free too and allow others to be free so you can be free, well, go and learn more over at freestateproject.org. If you're willing to actually stand up and do something for your liberty, that is, if you want to gather together with thousands of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, over a 1,000 are already here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Over 11,000 have committed to move. We want to reach 20,000, so we could use your help. Go to freestateproject.org. Get signed up there. That's freestateproject.org. Org. As we continue with Chris listening to WBHP in Huntsville. Chris, you're back on Free Talk Live. You said you're a former cop and uh, you've called in to comment. We were talking about a cop in uh, Pinellas County, Florida, who donned a uniform of a public utility of a government, well, not, not a government run utility, but a, a, a power company. I uh, got a power company shirt on to gain access to a homeowner's home to search for marijuana. And, and even the sheriff said that he thought it was wrong, but it doesn't look like the guy's being brought up on charges. Would that have been illegal for you to do as a police officer? It depends on the jurisdiction and how much you're covered by your superiors and your uh, fellow officers. One thing, too, let's turn this situation around. Say me or you uh, decided to um, have a ruse. And we put on a uniform that actually didn't belong to us and nothing, and we uh, went ahead and invaded some citizen's home. Uh, what would be the least that would happen to us? Maybe trespassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the citizens would pro- the citizen probably in this jurisdiction that I live in could probably legally shoot me for gaining entry under false pretenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it wouldn't fly with us as citizens to turn it around and do the same thing. No doubt. And uh, like that. Yeah, like I said, it depends on uh, how sometimes your superiors may sell you down the river. If they know it's a no-win situation, sometimes they will push it up, quiet it, and that's it. It's all gone. But, uh, yeah, we couldn't get away with that. So what else did you want to share with us tonight, Chris? Um, Nothing other than that. And I was kind of agreeing with you on the uh, bully. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of the – I did not – Police in the jurisdiction that I'm currently living in is in another state. And a lot of these fellows that I know around here that uh, are in law enforcement, decent guys. The culture may, you know, we may not see eye to eye liberty wise. I'm pretty much on the same page y'all are mm-hmm. in that regard. And most, yeah, most of my former peers probably would not agree, but decent guys, not out really to get anybody other than, you know, true criminals. Um, but uh, a lot. Now, a lot of new rookie officers, younger officers, it is a game. How, much, how many people they could jack up, lock up, yep. uh, whatever they could do to do it. Uh, they, And I agree, they probably were bullies in school or were the ones that were bullied and going to show everybody now. That attitude you'll see in a few, not all, but a few. So you're seeing, but, that, uh, in the, you're seeing that in the younger recruits today. Do you feel like young, young recruits in your day were that way too? Maybe you just weren't as aware of it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Things never. Well, 
if you have a license to do what you want, you know, mm-hmm. the police are not above the law, you know, they're not, but can they get away with a lot of crap? Yes. <laughs> well, they, they are above the law as long as no one's willing to hold them accountable, right? I mean, like in this exactly. case, the sheriff's saying, oh, you naughty boy, but he's not bringing any charges against him. So effectively, right. he's above and, the law. Well, you have a lot of leverage over folks, and uh, people want, you know, if you utilize that leverage on somebody to the good or the bad, they're not going to say much against you. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear amongst the citizenry. And uh, I watch exactly what I say to them, you know, being one for a long time. Uh, now, when pulled over, I know exactly what to say to them. I know the procedure, and uh, I do not want to get in. You know, some of these guys are loose cannons. You don't know who you're getting. Most Absolutely. of them are good individuals that I wouldn't mind having in my home for dinner. A lot of them. I, I feel the same way. I, I feel the same way. I think a lot of them are good guys who really got into it for the right reasons. But then, you know, for whatever reason, they, you know, were told that it's somehow oh, it's somehow good thing to just obediently do what you're told and never question and, uh, yeah. you know, just follow orders, well, that, that there's somehow there's virtue in that. And that's where they're wrong. Well, get this. One of, I worked for actually three different uh, agencies my career, and it would span about 12 years in um uh, one of them, they equated military service with uh, a college degree. So if you had a college degree, you could apply and uh, get on. Or if you've done a stint in the military, it's equal. Mm-hmm. All right, military, the way they do things, say, in Iraq, if you're in the U.S. military, is a little bit more brutal, a little more cut and dried. They could care less about what the public thinks. So... You've got guys that really haven't been deprogrammed, throwing them in with our citizenry. Yep. And me personally, I think the citizen outranks the officer. You know, we have more rights. They have to follow a lot more stringent guidelines before they could do things. You know, we're, we're the ultimate in the country, you know, the average citizen. Well, I have to say I like the way you think, and I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear that you were at least a cop for a while, and I imagine that uh, you used your discretion in the right instances. And I always, It's always sad to hear about the good cops leaving the force um, because you know, it just makes room for one more bad guy uh, to come in. And it's interesting that you're sharing the opinion of a, a, police, a police trainer that we've had on the show in the past who left the police training business because he was so frustrated by the low quality, the poor quality of the recruits that were coming in these days. He, would, he was telling us that he thought that maybe 10, only 10 to 15 percent of them were actually good people that, uh, you know, that were in it for the right reasons. He said the majority of them were these badge heavies, the people that just wanted to uh, use their power and wield it over others. And he was just disgusted by the uh, the quality of the recruits these days. So he, he gave it up. He's, he's totally right. And uh, a lot of this, you get narcissistic behavior through a lot of them. And it's not healthy for the citizenry. You know, like protect us from them. You know, if there's enough bad guys out there to go around to uh, do us harm, protect us from the guys that are supposed to be protecting us. You know, darn. Right, but it's, now you got the strange. bad guys with badges. And uh, Chris, I appreciate the expertise. Thanks for the time tonight and thanks for the call. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. Uh, you can bring up anything that you want. Shadow is also listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Hello, Shadow. Hey, how are you doing, man? What's, what's on your mind? Okay, I was just listening to that guy right there, and it just made me remember uh, that you said you can bring up anything. You can. I met, I've met uh, five cops in my lifetime mm-hmm. that uh, they thought they were above the law. As I told your man right there, I put four of them in the hospital. 
you know, with some serious injuries. The last one, while he was laying there unconscious on the floor, the barroom floor, I took his gun away from him, walked out the door with it, and I never got in any trouble at all over this. Wait, was this and a cop? Was this a... Any cops out here listening, you are not above the law. You're not above Shadow's law. Because <laughs> you cross me, I guarantee you, I will get you, man. Hold on. So why was this cop on the barroom floor unconscious in the first place? Well, well, because uh, he, he's he been going in there to uh, and running customers off, and this friend of mine knew it, so she hired me a contract hit on the cop and everything, to, not, to, not to take him out permanently, just to teach him a lesson. <laughs> so, uh, so he went ahead and, uh, you know, he, I, got, I tricked him into threatening me, and when he did everything, I smashed a beer bottle across his forehead, you know, and then ripped his gun hand because he had a gun in my face, too. And then after I took the gun away from him, I got up out of my booth and just knocked him flat and everything. And then I said, hmm, nice gun. So I said, thank you, officer. It's not even my birthday yet. So I told the lady, since I wanted to save her money so she could keep her business, I said, here, there's no charge for this. This cop's gun is good enough for my fee. So in essence, he paid me to do what I just did to him. Shadow, it's an interesting story. I thank you for the call tonight. I, I don't think violence is the solution, but all that said, when people are violent, like the police, inevitably, well, violence will come back around to them. I, I wish it weren't that way, but... That's just how things go sometimes. Violence does tend to beget violence. I don't recommend it as a tactic. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves, but look out for Shadow's Law. It's Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts if you make the call now to 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free, 1-855-450-3733. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. And we talked earlier about alternative currencies and how it is that uh, it's a good way to get outside of the governmental fiat money system where, you know, of course, if you're using their money, they can just print out as much as they want and devalue the money that you have. So it's a good idea to at least put some of it in other things like gold and silver. It's a great hedge against inflation and uh, barter currency as well. And you can look at it as as an investment. Uh, You can go to gold.freetalklive.com or silver.freetalklive.com. Takes you to the same place. Call 877-857-9938 and talk to our friends over at Midas Resources. They're the people that are behind syndicating this radio program. Uh, Midas Resources owns Genesis Communications Network. It's the syndicate that has... uh, that we've been working with for a long time here on Free Talk Live, and they'll offer you some special rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. And when you order through silver.freetalklive.com, then Free Talk Live uh, does benefit from the purchase. So you get the silver and gold you're looking for, and you get to have it in your possession instead of some far-off bank vault where it's supposedly being held for you. Uh, yeah, better to have it in your own possession. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. So, uh, lots to talk about here tonight, and I, we're certainly not going to get to it all. We're still in the middle of this uh, story out of Pinellas, 
where this is uh, the Tampa area, where a cop is being outed for being deceptive. He's not being punished for it. He's just being talked about in the media. The sheriff is saying that he disagrees with this tactic. He thinks that uh, the sheriff said that he thought it was wrong. He disavowed it. He said he was appalled by it. He says, I think it's wrong. It's not what we should have been doing at all. And that is coming to a homeowner's house with uh, wearing a Progress Energy, local energy company, T-shirt in an attempt to gain access to the home to search for marijuana. You know what's funny about this is that in the private workplace, if you did something that your boss found ethically appalling, you would be fired. If not severely disciplined, I mean, yeah, I mean, just depends on how valuable you are as an employee. Like, if you're a really great employee and you make a make a big mistake, I could see being forgiven for making a big mistake. Uh, But in this case, you're talking about deception, right? I I mean, this is a big mistake, big, big, big mistake. You know, this is, I mean, it's dishonest to what's essentially its customers, right? Like, if we can compare this, which we obviously can't, but if we could compare this to a private model. This would be him being like lying to the customers to take advantage of the customers. Right. And if you're a business owner, you want to show your customers that you care about them. So you would show them, look, here's what we've done with this employee. This is what our, our you know response has been. This is how he's been right. punished. There's no way that a boss would just be like, eh, you know, I don't like it. I don't support boy. it, but whatever. So this is the uh, the cop's name is Giovanoni, and he said he doesn't think he actually called himself a Progress Energy employee, but said the resident probably assumed that he was. So if you're just wearing the T-shirt, apparently oh, that's okay. I can't wear a cop uniform, right? And walk around. Oh, sorry, I, I they just assumed I was a cop. <laughs> Giovanoni said that he had not sought a search warrant early in the interview. He denied using the uniform in this way, but he brought it up himself later, saying he'd forgotten it. The sheriff said he spoke to this guy. Sounds like a slime ball. Yeah. You uh, forgot right. that incident? Sheriff said he spoke to the detective supervisors about the incident Wednesday and provided this account. The sheriff said that Giovanoni never intended to go to the resident's back or side yard, but Giovanoni did intend to get the resident to open his front door in hopes of glimpsing or smelling marijuana plants inside. But the sheriff said the homeowner began asking about problems he was having with his power usage and went around the house to the meter. So Giovanoni went along, essentially caught in his own ruse. But even going to the front door in a phony uniform wasn't proper, said the sheriff. If he'd been a deputy, been in a deputy's uniform, the resident could have decided whether to open the door. Interesting that he actually admits this. Yeah. The sheriff, here you have the sheriff admitting that you as a homeowner or an occupant in a home... You get to choose to talk to a cop knocking on your front door. The fact that he wasn't in a uniform led the person to open the front door, whereas he may not have done so if it were a cop because you have no obligation to answer the door for the police. Even though they do it in all the episodes of Cops, even though they do it in every movie and every TV show, that's just Hollywood. You don't have to. Well, in most states... Well, yeah, I'm not a lawyer. I certainly can't give you legal advice, but I've never heard of well, any place where you have to open the door for the police. I haven't, but I've definitely started, just started hearing some frightening bills, like that incident in Rhode Island, for example, where they let the police enter the homes of um, of the gas leak. You know, so just little things I'm seeing, starting to see in the news. Those like, are the abandoned homes, or the uh, no, supposedly abandoned homes. No, 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 no. We read this story on the air. It was people who were out of town for Thanksgiving. There was supposedly a gas leak, and right. th- they got the keys. Basically, that's true. Yeah. Although when I said abandoned, I mean they weren't they weren't right. there at that time. 
So, but it, but they were people's homes, no, and I they agree. went inside their homes. So there was that, and I've just seen little pieces. They've just started to show up where they're mm-hmm. crossing that line. You know, where they're starting to get people used to police entering the home. The sheriff called it uh, contrary to good policing and respecting individual rights, and it's wrong. If the detective had smelled marijuana and used that information to get a search warrant, he said, I don't think it would pass constitutional muster. This is the sheriff who's again saying this, and apparently he's a lawyer, the sheriff. Uh, it sounds a, diff- sounds a different note from another sheriff's employee, Michael Scariano, who gave a sworn interview, asked about the uniform. He said, I don't think that it's improper because Progress Energy would have the right to go up to their own meter during normal business hours to do it. So that's where I was falling under the assumption that he would be able to do that. Although the sheriff criticized the tactic, he was quick, or he was rather less quick to criticize his detective. Here's the excuse portion. Well, Terry said, he's a young detective who I think thought he was just being creative. I put more responsibility with the supervision. He said he wanted to think about whether to discipline anyone. Think about it long enough so that people forget about it so that you don't have to discipline him. Yep, exactly. Because the media never follows up on this stuff. No. They do their initial report. And in this case, this is a pretty good report. Like, this is a decent media story that really uh, kind of, it paints this in in a pretty negative light, What's what's going on here. But is this article ever going to be followed up on? Probably not. It's you know going to be weeks down the line. And then if if anybody ever does follow up on it, if this reporter is to, is to call back and you know and talk to the sheriff again and hey, did you ever decide to uh, to discipline Mr. Giovanoni? It'll say no, but we did have a talk. We have a talk. Give him a stern talking to, <laughs> and that'll be the end of it. And if they actually you know deem that important to publish, which they probably won't because it's not as interesting a story, uh, they'll just get a little blurb in the back page of the newspaper or something like that, and hardly anybody will know about it. Giovanoni said in his deposition that he got the uniform from a Progress Energy employee. Spokeswoman for Progress Energy said that it was an isolated case of an employee acting alone without approval or authority. Said that Progress Energy doesn't permit or support anyone, including law enforcement, to pose as employees. She said customers can call the utility's customer service numbers to confirm an employee's identity. She said the worker who supplied the uniform no longer works for Progress Energy. Now, it doesn't mean that that's the reason they were fired from Progress Energy. Yeah. It's just that person doesn't work for them anymore. So that is good if that's Progress Energy's, you know, if that's truthful. But I bet you if Progress Energy was approached by the police department and asked to take part in some sort of a, you know, undercover operation, yeah. they probably would go along with it. There was a story recently in New Hampshire here where a couple guys went to pick up a shipment of uh, some hash at the uh, UPS shipping facility, and the police were allowed to wear UPS uniforms and act as though they were workers in the front office. Yeah. So, I saw that. Someone from Keene. That's right. A couple guys from I actually Keene. know someone who knows him. He so said do I. that, yep, that he was a winner. Uh, seriously or no? No. Oh, okay. No. no. Actually, from what I understand on that story, the two guys that were going were not the actual uh, dealer. Well, that's... They were just running it for him. That's ex- I said that. I said no respectable dealer... If the UPS told them there was a problem with the package, would just go them there themselves. They would have someone who's running it for them. Yeah. I mean, they said the drugs were worth $80,000. Like, anyone, anyone who's that high up in dealing is not that dumb, I would like to think. These poor guys that went and picked that up, I, I know. Felt, felt terrible for them. All they did was try to go pick up a package for somebody, and they got arrested and charged with, you know, conspiracy. Yeah. Sick stuff. So, 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number there. So, uh, yet another example of the police just being corrupt, deceptive, awful. And I have to wonder, 
how does this Giovanoni, how does he sleep at night? How do they do it? The, the one, uh, one of the cops uh, the other day, when the day I was arrested last week, was threatening Carlos Miller, a member of the media from Miami who'd come up here from Photography is Not a Crime, to try to hold some of these government bureaucrats accountable. Just threatening, just threatening him. Just out and out threatening him. If you come in here, you're going to be arrested. And he has a smile on his face when he's saying these things. Yeah. And, and he told us later on, uh, when Kelly and I were in the basement uh, being held captive by them, he told us that he was going to sleep well that night. How do you do it? How do you put aside your humanity like that? I don't know. Well, anyway, it's been Ian here with you. And Julia. And we'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. Japan's Mount Fuji is one of my 1,000 places to see before you die. Elegant, snow-capped, symmetrical, and spellbinding when not shrouded in clouds, Mount Fuji is the highest peak in Japan. At over 12,000 feet, it is both a national and religious symbol. Fuji has not erupted in more than 300 years, but in the nearby resort area of Hakone, which lies in the Fuji-Hakone-Izu National Park, intense volcanic activity can be seen daily in the Valley of Great Boiling. The renowned Hakone Open Air Museum appeals to art lovers with pieces by Rodin, Giacometti, Picasso, and Takeshi Shimizu among its vast collection. It's a perfect enclave of man-made art offset by nature's power. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar.